in your ear. Podcast Network. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, I'm hi. Hi, I'm um, Mike. Josh. I'm Dave. And I'm J Bone. I got a question. And this is wait. Oh, wait, what's the question? Uh, juice or grass? <laughs> Just stick it down there and chill. Yeah. <laughs> this is Does It Suck Now? Actually, we're going to do some six, swinging 60s. In the long run, you need someone to trust and count on somewhere along the way. Bottom. Just play the music from this movie. Alarm. I will. Yeah, Strawberry Alarm Clock isn't doing anything right now. Not one thing. Yeah. They're on, you can you it's, it's four thousand dollars to get them to pay, play a gig. I can't afford that. <laughs> it's crazy. crazy expensive. Strawberry Alarm Clock. They're gonna play. They're gonna play my wedding. So get ready. Four thousand dollars, Dave. That better be a hell of a show. Yeah, it's like it's like three thousand dollars for the one guy still alive, and then like a thousand dollars for the rest of the band. Mike. Mike, what movie are we doing? So this week we're doing my pick, my groovy pick, and it freaks me out. It is um, 1970s Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, directed by Russ Meyer, written by film critic Roger Ebert. And starring. And Russ Meyer's, there was another another person on that screenplay uh, credit. It It was was Russ Meyer. Oh, his name name was just Oh, the breast king of Hollywood in the 60s and so 70s. I should say, did you know <laughs> that this movie got like an X rating and then yes. he wanted to put you know more sex and tits in it because he was <laughs> like, well, we got the X rating. <laughs> and they're just like, no, it's yes. done. We're putting it out. This movie was tit-tabulous. Tit. Uh, it was like, it was was like it, going to Nippleopolis. Was it gratuitous? <laughs> It was definitely <laughs> gratuitous. This I mean, rough. does any movie need that many breasts? I mean, no. You could argue this one did. Have that many? You, you know, could argue this one. This one did. You could argue any less titty would have been bad. Okay. I mean, in my opinion, this movie. There were nice titties too. Everything nice. though. It's oh like man, not you're right. Just we have to. It's like we had to. I just want to say to the audience, we're done. We're done saying titties. Like we had to get it out. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. Now, take it away, Mike. That was a timeout yeah. for the audience. You might be done. So should I describe <laughs> what this movie is? <laughs> yeah. Are you going can to? You, can you really, though? I mean, yeah, kind of in the vein of Pootie Tang. Can you describe yes. what that is? It is just something that exists <laughs> that is like, it's uh, ostensibly it's a, about a rock band that goes to um, Hollywood. To Hollywood to make it, and then gets caught up in the dark side of Hollywood and drugs. Crazy exorcism. You're and pretty a rock much singer, rock and roll singer, huh? You can imagine happens to them in about I don't know forty minutes. <laughs> crazy days, <laughs> crazy your nights. Yeah, how about then tw- how about fifteen minutes? Homicide, a multiple well, homicide. It ends in a multiple homicide that comes out of nowhere at Z-Man's Including a beheading. Mark. Beheading, beheading and 
after after one of the main characters is revealed to be um, a, a woman, or at least transgender, which was fairly shocking. And Roger Superwoman, Superwoman didn't. Superwoman. So what's funny is when asked about all of the by super fans about all of like the script clues that people thought he left for mm-hmm. the surprise that Z Man is actually a woman. His admission was, "Oh, we just didn't write the ending." We, we wrote everything up to the yeah. ending and then just kind of like threw it together. So no, there's yeah. no clues. You people are all crazy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, it's this like, movie like that does, wasn't obvious. <laughs> I this movie really does funny. feel thrown together, but it's like in, thrown together in the most like amazing, perfect way. I, just like Pootie Tang. Just like Pootie Tang. Just like this Pootie was Tang. It, it this is was like the, people we had looking, no idea what they were doing. It was we great. were looking for the spiritual like cousin of Pootie Tang. <laughs> like what other movie was Pootie Tang? And we couldn't really come up with anything that was right. This is Pootie Tang. Here it is. Cousin. Beyond the Valley of the well, Dolls wait, we gotta, and Pootie Tang. We got, we got to put I it think it's its way older line. sister. Mm. Yes, that's much older. Yeah. Like, <laughs> much, yeah. much older. Like, well, older look, like, Pootie Tang's grandma. <laughs> Mike, yeah. you've done enough research. You can you can put this, I think, succinctly. You think in, you, you kids know, are wild and crazy. You know, the like the historical timeline of Hollywood, like these the significance of like when this was made. And like this, what, what this is like weirdly a, an anomaly though, because yeah. like I was I was listening to somebody talk about this movie saying that like Fox had a habit of making movies like this where there was like three protagonists, three women of like different personalities who like always, I don't know, have like tragic adventures. And in a weird, I don't know, like, cause Russ Meyer is not in that vein at all. Like this was his first big movie and he just made a Russ, a really expensive like Russ Meyer movie. He, but- he was like, I don't know. I think a lot of mainstream people just thought he was like a pornographer basically. I mean, I mean he I kind of a little bit idea. is. <laughs> Yeah, but sure. I would <laughs> say that. Frame mm-hmm. for no reason, um, all the time. Like he'll break yeah. up scenes with purposeful, like cleavage shots or something like that, just to just to throw oh, yeah. you off. He's well, also like, like all these callbacks to like the two people in the tub. Like all these callbacks mm-hmm. that you think are gonna all like connect when you first watch it, and they're like, nope, nope. None of they're this. just no you point. trying to use all the footage. Like yeah, they're right. just like we're using all nope. of the footage. Yeah. Well, all <laughs> the all the just, like, but the people in the tub do get called back at the end because yeah. of the the beginning of the movie is the end. And I have to say, like of all the times I've seen people where they they show you the beginning, the ending of the story, and then they flash back to like how it got there. There's been a million of those movies. I thought this one really uniquely set you up where like it overwhelms you so much during its credit sequence that you're just like, I have no idea what I'm watching right now. Like there's a Nazi (laughs) running around like a castle being chased by a superhero. And then there's a a woman with a gun in her mouth with some, and, and it's like storming and you're like, and then all over on top of all that, there's a credit sequence happening. That's like long and slow and full of names that <laughs> half of which slow. could not have been real. Well, and we're, I was trying to you read You also those. have to keep in mind. What? Yeah. No, no, no. It's just I, the historical thing. I got to jump in with this. I'm sorry. And the murders yeah. and everything. This was six. They started production six months after Sharon Tate was killed. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like. And I mean, and know, I think obviously. Roger Ebert has said that's where they got the idea for the end scene. They were just like, let's just yeah. do like a Manson thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's so i mean but like the, to take that like so fresh and then make it what people are describing as satire in like a really yeah. awkward way <laughs> really some of it's somehow, satirical some of this movie is satirical yeah, yeah. i well, also kind of in like a like a Star Trek Troopers kind of way. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? You know, like Paul Verhoeven makes these movies that you go and you're just thinking like you're just seeing an action movie, but like really years later, you're like, holy shit! Like that was a crazy satire on like fascism or something. Yeah, but remember when um, Robert, when RoboCop shot that dude right in the dick? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, RoboCop <laughs> was like that too. <laughs> when we were growing up, RoboCop was just the movie our dad wouldn't let us see because it was like way it was too so violent. violent. That was the one. I remember the creeping around there. your house and like somehow we watched Predator and Aliens a million times and got away with that, like at your house. Yeah. But yeah, we couldn't watch Robocop. It was like that was the line that was drawn. I think my dad <laughs> called it like senseless violence. Like when we were going, he had like a real sort of like philosophical <laughs> view on it where it's like, this is just like violence for violence sake. Like he's just showing you stuff. And I was kind of like, Got it. When he told me, I was like, "Wow, I really want to see that. That sounds right. like hard, yeah. you know." <laughs> and I actually just like, watched it. You can't see that because you're like cool. ten years old, and you'll just see lots of killing for no reason. What like, he didn't like, see, like, but he he didn't like movies and action movies where, like, I can't remember if it was RoboCop or a different action movie, but the audience like cheered at the end when the bad guy got killed, and he didn't like that. He liked. He said, "Your bad guy has got to be even better than your hero. That's what makes you know." A good as an actor and that's what makes a good action movie like alan rickman in die hard let me thread this right? needle right here and who is better right. than a z-man barzell <laughs> landed it like I, I feel like his performance in this movie is like he the, the turn makes no sense like the fact that he has like a weird peyote party and he just trips so hard he kills he murders absolutely everybody wait 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 hold on well, he only, hold on wait he wait okay. let me, please let, excuse me let me interject yes, no, yes. No, go, go, go. um i <laughs> wait that was so fun i forgot my thought um i think <laughs> so in ebert's essay that he published 10 years after this movie came out he said that um that sid not so vicious johnny rotten told him that he loved the movie because of how realistic it was and that he thought that was insane <laughs> an insane reaction right but i'm watching this movie i'm watching this movie and i'm going all of this feels like it could be real as wild oh, as yeah. this movie is there's there's nothing in this movie that happens that i could not see have actually having happened in this time period in hollywood it's like none right. of, like you hear too many stories it's such a accumulation of like all the Hollywood like mythology, it just feels like right. this kind of like like how Star Wars was like this meeting point of all these ingredients that were kind of brewing the culture after World War II. This must was its own kind of like you know I don't know what is it when stars all combine that kind of thing. A line, they align, a line, <laughs> a supernova. They this is like the all the points meet, thing. All the points meet and exploded <laughs> out in like insane Technicolor yeah. with strawberry alarm I, clock. Well, like, like <laughs> if, um, if Quentin Tarantino, it's, it's like, um, it's, I feel like it's a lot like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the way it just kind of like makes this, this sort of impression of Hollywood. Or, a fairy or if, tale. Like, it's a fairy or if, tale. Like, Quint, if, if Quentin Tarantino put a bunch of like close ups of feet in or a fable. Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood, it's a fable. It would yeah, be like, very Once Russ Upon Meyer. a Time in Hollywood is like intentionally that, you know, like the, the pacing and the delivery and the, and the dryness and the, you know, mm -hmm. matter of fact, that's all super intentional. Mm -hmm. The way that he tells the story. Tell, tell me. I feel like, I, I feel like it was so accidental. 
Like, I, I don't know. Like This movie? Everything I read says it's a satire. But then right. I'm watching it personally, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're really going for it. Like, these, but they said, they're taking it really seriously. Ebert, Ebert said in the same essay, Ebert said that when he, when he and Myers talked it out, they had five weeks to write the script. They wrote 122 pages of a spec script and then whittled that down into, like, a real script. And uh, they Myers told him that he wanted everything in this movie he wanted something for every single person who could ever go to a movie in this movie so literally <laughs> yes. like, they were like that's what i was, he was saying like, i want this movie like, has I want everything horror, i want comedy i want so i want soap opera i want satire mm-hmm. i want slapstick i want like porno i want i want like racial i want like lot i want horror. different people of different races in this movie i want women to be the main characters like all that stuff he was just like, throw everything we have ever used in this genre into one movie. And they did. It's like kind of incredible that they made this movie. But it's like, like, such a weird, such a weird emotion that you experience in this movie. And then, I don't know, it's, you're like, what you're saying is exactly right. It's like this weird, like 60s vibe, you know, those like swirly designs when characters are tripping out and all these things are right. thrown at you. It's, it's a like, sailboat, it's not, Josh. It's not the actual it's 60s. It's like what it's people remember the 60s as. <laughs> In like not yeah, but they yeah. done so many drugs. Wait, like, the, here's like here's this. but I here's did. my question: the intention of like we threw it together and it becomes this thing. Like I totally understand mm. that, and I think that's actually really cool. But to look at it from somebody, the only thing saving grace for me when I started watching it was I read on the Amazon description that it was a musical comedy. Mm-hmm. That's what it Nobody said. knows what to call this movie. I was agree. Agree. I was cracking up this whole movie, and there was. But lots that of helped alcohol. because that helped because then I was like, "All right, I get it." Because in the first part of the movie, just the first part where they're like, "We were playing the senators' like luncheon <laughs> slash brunch dinner thing," and yeah. then they're like, "Hey, man," which I thought it was a talent show at first, and they leave, and then like. I mean, it wasn't the prom. I thought they played. I couldn't. I don't even know. It was a senior. I don't even know. (laughs) I don't. And it was a high school. There was a line actually. I noticed when they were out in the van, uh, the drummer goes. They're like, "Hey, do you want to smoke some grass?" And she's like, "No, I'm going to go score like three tabs of acid from the principal." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Like, but then, but then, question. timeline, timeline. They go yeah, to Hollywood right, right then. Yeah. Right, right then, and then right it. then, they're like at a party. Wait, hold on. Go titties back. everywhere. Well, no, me. first they go and they see. Her aunt. I have a question. I need a question answered from you guys. Yes. I need a question answered. Okay, so the 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 girl. Oh my god! I just I, I can't find her character. The she was titties. the guitar player. Kelly McNamara. The, the guitar oh, player. Kelly in the band. McNamara. Yeah, Is Kelly, Kelly McNamara. Yeah. Kelly. Kelly so McNamara. <laughs> in the in the car scene when they're when they're passing the joint around, Kelly is uh-huh. what the, they show Kelly and Pet reacting to um, the main character right. girl making out with dude, right? No, is it the main character Kelly or whatever? Just with that. Harris. Harris yeah. and main Harris and Kelly, Kelly are making out. Vanessa or whatever her name was, the other girl. Uh, I don't know the guitar player. She, the one who's, who, who falls in love with the other woman and has like the pill problem. She's the bass player. The bass player. That's it. The, bass the bass player. She watches. It's always the bass yeah. player who goes Kelly down that and path. dude. Oh my God, I forgot the name. And Harris. Kelly, Harris. Kelly and Harris make out. And they're, this is taking forever. They're trying to, they're trying, <laughs> they're showing their reactions. So Pet's like, oh my God, like this again. And she leaves. But 
uh, bass player girl is watching like kind of longingly at them. But who is she longing at? Because her, her relationship with Harris is really complicated. Uh, but then we also find out like she's at least bisexual, if not a lesbian. Uh, so is she looking at oh. Kelly secretly? Does she have a crush it's on Kelly? I, I think she's she looking at the dude. She was looking she's at looking the at dude because they have a they have something later, which then is like, oh, she's really pissed at him in the morning. Like he comes over after his like whole mental breakdown, and yeah, when she's like, she's downer and chill, yeah, and then downer, and then like she gets up and she's like, oh, you brute, and then they leave, and then later they're like, hey, why didn't you tell anybody that Harris raped you? And I was like, what? I was Did like, he rape her? I don't think he raped her. Yeah, was, then there's another line. There's another okay, line so, after that where so she said, like, but if you can't remember what happened, it. then it's rape, I guess is what they but were they're saying. But they're all doing that. They're all having, there's so many, like, there's so much violation. Yeah. Well, of each other well, in this but movie. if you do it on alcohol well, and was, downers, it doesn't count. That counts as rape. She was passed out, apparently. That's the thing. I'm just saying I didn't read that into it. I'm not saying that's not a terrible scenario. We're just meant to believe. In 1969, that's rape. That's that's all I've I've heard. Yeah, that's that's legitimately rape. I just wasn't sure about the the passed out. But then he tries to commit suicide, and she has an abortion, and then gets in a lesbian relationship with the fashion designer. The suicide. That's less than five minutes of the movie yes. is the fashion on, designer the trying to get is the fashion designer we, trying to get after the main girl's money because that gets really confusing no. after a while for the fashion me. designer oh, is just after casey they complete yeah they completely abandon the whole money thing about yeah. 45 minutes in the movie they just give up on the entire plot line They're like you know what we except for that amazing this scene when, when except for the amazing scene when kelly runs in and she's like it's now half a million dollars it's gotta be half a million (laughs) (laughs) that actress is honestly it's like one of the greatest performances i've ever seen in a movie she's so funny in every fucking scene she gives Anne margaret a run for her money that's for sure so good the tightrope that everybody walks by being totally serious and but also lance rock this one, right. oh, because I watched amazing. it twice. Lance Rock really, I was cracking up. He was name like, your name your your favorite quote from the first party. I mean, it's probably one of oh. my titles. I couldn't even okay. write them all down. They were yeah. so fucking hilarious. When she's I like, like, it's not funny, but it's a good line. And he's like, what? and you're a oh, bitch. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, like, the best party start when you get there. I think that's a good line. Yeah, it's a good line. You're a groovy boy. I like you on sometimes. Or wow, baby, that was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, Lance Rock had some amazing lines in this movie. Does the moment not amuse you, Krakow? <laughs> yeah, he's like, tell her three o'clock. That whole scene when she he's like whispering where to meet him for. Her Wait, can I can I ask a question? Just completely out of the out tell of the blue. O'Rourke's. <laughs> are, are, are we supposed to believe that um, all the way at the end of the movie, uh, Z Man's life essence help gives Harris his legs back? Is that no? It was, it was it was unrelated. It was just because no. of the traumatic event. It wasn't met, missed. I we thought were, it was because it was, he pushed him. Voiceover? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, the voiceover like one line. They all and fell on me. top of him, and that like apparently jolted something in his nerves, and that fixed his legs. I thought it was. That's what I yeah. got. I thought That's it was wild that that he was the <laughs> one. What is his name? Let me write it down because I cannot remember it. Harris. And killing yeah, Nazis Harris, is okay. Harris. Harris Harris is the one who ends up 
in a wheelchair in this movie, but Ernest, wasn't that his name? Ernest, uh, the waiter who wanted it? to be a lawyer. Oh, he gets hit by a car. And oh, no, he gets uh, walloped by a Cadillac and yeah. left after getting punched in the face bare knuckle by Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and, Emerson. and I was like, well, he's going to be paralyzed and that's where this story is going to go. And then, no, it was it was Harris shockingly fall like doing a face dive yeah. off a rafter oh god that You're fight that he has studying. with uh, yeah. lance rock is so <laughs> good yeah. when uh, uh the boxer is like cheering him on randy just being like uh-huh. come on you gotta get in yeah. there you gotta go you gotta get, get him gotta get up <laughs> come <laughs> on <laughs> champ oh god that's so good you the know champ that that inspired the shirt the whole movie that He's inspired like, the coach in in rocky a couple years later Really? It did? It, yeah. yeah. No. Nurgis yeah. Meredith was good friends with Roger Ebert. They used to fuck the same ladies. <laughs> and he you, was you telling him, these. and he was like, no, I got this idea. And then they met Stallone. That's what he, and, that's what he that, said? That's what British yeah. Meredith said? We used to fuck the same ladies. <laughs> rock. He said rock after. We used to fuck the same ladies. Rock. And like yeah. that. Uh, and I want you, I want know, you guys to tell me. Tell me. No, it's not true. It's not true. Which of these statements is wrong, <laughs> if any? I think none. Okay. Yes. Beyond <laughs> okay, the Valley of the Dolls mean? is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is yes. better than Boogie so, Nights. Yes, that's true. Beyond the Valley <laughs> of the Dolls um, is better than the Cadbury Tales. Well, Cadbury Tales. <laughs> That's a random whatever one. it's called, Catbird, whatever the the Irish wait, story about everybody Canterbury drinking and walking. Tales? Yeah, that one. They Catbury. made a movie about <laughs> those. Okay, <laughs> wait. Are, are the about? Easter eggs? Yeah, they made like, a movie about those said. eggs. Chocolate eggs. <laughs> is the what lion who auditions every year? Is he in it? Who? The lion. lion. The audition wow. commercial they play every year, where they audition yeah, to be the Cadbury Funny. The Cadbury. You guys are so ignorant. The Cadbury Tales is an Irish. Tale oh in Scotland where a dude Wait, climbs a shit. ladder and ends up kissing the ass of this other dude who's pretending to be a lady. You guys need to be fucking cultured. So, You're not reading enough stories. You number get out one, there. I don't culture. I don't that's culture. That is culture. I don't think that's that Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and Canterbury Tales. Two dudes kissing someone's ass. Ever been uh, this compared. is Chaucer, right? This movie is better than Chaucer. Uh, I mean, I better than Cats. I, I did not stutter. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You quoted to Google. I'm sorry. This is the it's second best movie. This is the second best movie ever made. It's Pootie Tang. Now it's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It used to be Star Wars. That's dropped to third now. It's it's fallen deeply behind Pootie Tang. I, I don't know. I, I know. Like Boogie Nights is still above it personally. That's just me. But I'm I don't glad think Paul you guys Thomas got Anderson to watch thinks it, Boogie Nights is better than this movie. Like I John would love Waters to watch this movie for the first time. Is this your guys? Who, all of you guys' first time? Seeing it was my it? first time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was. I would Definitely love to watch time. this movie again for the first time because it yeah. was like I do remember my first time very well, and having no idea what this movie was, and then just being like this insanity being like washed over me mm-hmm. and every line was like you know oh my god that's funny sh- oh my god oh my god he's killing all of them you know it was just like my, my um, notes are just like one words with five exclamation points yeah. like the, the first few notes in this movie i'm like disclaimer sexy ladies nazi swords boobs la <laughs> like, it's like a train that yeah. like gets progressively faster i wrote <laughs> I wrote a note and it said yes. so many young men jizz to this movie. Oh yeah. A lot of people. Probably. 
But you know why? You mean like come, on set? Come, come to my wed, web, said the spider to the fly, etc. cetera. Et cetera. That woman, Ashley St. Clair. That was Solo's girl. That was Vanessa, or I, what was her name? I, Ashley, Ashley St. Saint- Clair. Ashley St. Clair did Lumber. nothing wrong. I did not like the epilogue of the movie yeah. trying to put any kind of negative no. juju on her. She is a sex-positive, strong woman out there making it yep. in the world. Knows what she wants. They said she that she wasn't paying she attention to people's emotions. Fuck that. She doesn't have to pay attention to people's emotions yeah, the way she's living. She's good. Yeah, really? Love Just her. Just to people's you know Harris. Harris is or whatever she wants. As long as it's reciprocal. Yeah. Get Stay in there. Go for it, girl. Make it happen. Yeah. Steam when they're yeah. on the beach. When... Uh, when when she's trying to like make Harris it with uh, Harris, yeah, Harris uh, yeah, sucks. he does totally sucks, and does and suck. uh, he goes like, "We're on the goddamn sand, Ashley." Uh, like, so why can't we do it in a bed for once? So lame. <laughs> he said, "Wait, he goes that'd be freaky." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then yeah, even the first, he's like such a prude, and that's yeah, why he, he commits that guy was really Are bad. they? Well, are the girls in Harris? Are yeah. they from Texas? I was trying to figure that out when they were had the I map. Kelly was right. British. I think they were like Minnesota or something. Uh, Kelly, Kelly was like British. She was English, and so uh, here's Who another thing. That one critique Doesn't I have of the ending, and it's this is mm. a minor thing, only because uh, Z-Man's turn, as admitted by the creators. Came out, comes out of the blue, and they were just like, "We got like, you know, you need a, like a song to close the set." They were like, "We just need a banger to go out on, so we'll just do this crazy <laughs> shit." So we gotta land this plane. So right, leading into that, I thought Z-Man and Kelly and um, Ashley were were kind of like the heart of the movie because they were the f- only three people in this whole universe that were living life the way that they were all pretending to live life. You know what I mean? Like they were just trying to like keep going forward and keep having being happy and loving and being in the moment and rock and roll whenever you can and don't take things too seriously. And the three of them were doing Z-Man. are doing that. And nobody else is. Everybody else is like pretending to, but they're all uptight about shit. They got Z-Man had a crush on Rock that he couldn't admit because he was an undercover transgender. I think he that's all part of I don't count that as Z-Man canon. His life. <laughs> well, it happened. No, he was. It's the reason he. Well, no, he, I guess he took some peyote. Yeah, he, I think he's he crazy was just, on peyote. Oh yeah, that's what leading back to the original tangent of this whole conversation, mm. which is going to land, is that I don't think Z-Man's you within the context of the movie taking out that we know that it was made up for the last minute. I don't think it actually doesn't work on the, at the same time. Like I think it works that he is, has this horrible thing that it's eating him up inside. Not that it's horrible yes. on its own, but he's having, he, yeah. he doesn't know who he is. She doesn't know who she is. She like, she's, she's confused. She's been posing as this other person. She's massively successful as this other person, but she's well, lonely. He, right. She, and she so I think that's a really interesting character on its own. So you take that character and you give them all these years of building all this up and hiding. And then they're just partying and doing drugs all the time. And, and then they take peyote when they brought and like, go yes. crazy it was the that's, rejection that's impossible it was the rejection and the belittling yeah. of rock that drove z-man over the edge it was right. not i mean yes. in combination with the peyote and but like desperation I, like, and loneliness and all those things yeah but like if they were on the peyote and rock had not done what he did uh z-man would not have killed rock most Probably likely not. right Probably not. because i think he was like, going to kill 
him anyway. No, no, no. I he mean, was still like giving him a hand yeah. job under the covers and rock let it go. Yeah, on. I don't he think so. I think that was uh, uh, if he like that was a out, rash like, decision in the moment of that where he's like, if you don't being on respect my yeah, exactly. You won't drink the black right. sperm of my vengeance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and he also should have taken a downer and drank half a bottle of vodka. Killing the the fashion designer woman who was just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, no, um, oh, killing yeah. her was total like just shock movie making. You know, it's like that was Aunt Christine, wasn't it? That, that was, was the aunt, right? The gun in the mouth. The, sword. Yeah. the gun in the mouth is brutal. Yeah, Which the guy on the really beach is funny really though. The Nazi on the not... beach. It's so ridiculous. It's hilarious. Wait, that's the that's the woman who designs for the ant right because yeah okay yeah that's what i thought and she yeah. and Kel- kelsey whatever Casey. 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 They, they have like an affair which is not really worked yeah. out as much as i wanted batman i can use robin. the director's cut yeah a little batman yeah. and robin all right we're coming back we're gonna give you some strawberry alarm clock worked out what was worked yeah. out <laughs> do it i'll do that song yeah i'm going home we gotta talk about the music when we come back Let's come back Mankind, dead kings, many things I can't define. Occasions, buzz, wagons, blood to your mind. Dave, we're gonna make your happening happen. <laughs> Something's but, gonna happen, baby. The Carrie Nations, kids. The, the Carrie Nations are actually a very good band. Do like, you think just, that's not her singing? That's not her no. singing. Oh, no, no, that's none so. of them doing any of that, playing any of those instruments. Uh, but Pet's a pretty good fake they, drummer. I enjoyed all her like, oh, like yeah. 60s, like head bobbing, like, like. Casey's not a bad drumming. fake bass player. Did you know yeah. that Mickey Dolan stole from Pet? That's <laughs> right, right. that's how Mickey, Mickey Dolan, Dolan Mickey from Dolan. the Monkeys. Yeah, I yeah, know. Mickey Dolan. <laughs> he stole from Pat. True. From Look it up. Look it up. You guys fucking know the monkeys. The monkeys from the That's going to be monkeys. my new thing is I'm just going to keep throwing out wild wild thing and be like, "Look it up. Just look it up." <laughs> the monkeys with two ears? Yeah. By the way, the Cadbury Tails does not exist. But they're no, delicious. There's no such thing as the Cadbury Tails. You guys are fucking <laughs> ignorant morons, you know that? <laughs> I'm looking up again. Unless unless Google is slow to catch up on it. There's my the Pinot, but there's the Pinot Noir tales. Did you read those, Mike? Uh, are you mad what? that not, <laughs> that totally not Muhammad Ali got to be nicknamed the heavyweight philosopher and not you? Wait, you're what? Fat. <laughs> what? <laughs> Leave him alone. He just likes ice cream. I'm just like ice cream. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> Wait, what? What about Muhammad Ali? It's ice cream good, Mike. They called him the heavyweight philosopher, but I turned into a fat joke because my other joke wasn't going to work. All right. What if you went to the library to study and then you came back home and your wife was sleeping with Muhammad, Muhammad Ali? Ali. She was right. You were supposed to be studying. Could happen. You never should have known. I feel yeah, like a slow... Right. No, I feel like a slow <laughs> congratulatory clap. I mean, it's pretty big, Muhammad Ali. Dude, he stands up to just, the you know, champ. He stands up to just, the champ. Like, he gets up to the champ's car and gets yeah. run over, basically. That scene is like legit. That's like legit dramatic filmmaking. That scene when the champ shows up and he's like all like horned up yeah. and pissed. And uh, 
dude's got to like try and stand up to him. That's incredible. That's such a tense scene. That was so good. I what love. You do? I love. What would you no do? Matter. Muhammad Ali, prime, <laughs> prime time. Muhammad Ali bust through your front door and start all getting all up on your woman. Like you know, you're not going to win that fight. But you got to do it. You got. That's why up he picked him. up a chair. He should have picked up something steel. Yeah, I agree. He should have just yeah, went for it. Like, chair dude. was a bad choice. Yeah, chair. Break it was his, a wicker chair. Knee. I'd break his <laughs> knee. You got to go for a good cedar or mahogany chair. Yeah, you know? like, like a something solid. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, come on, man. I also love that no matter how weird the movie is, somehow <laughs> Jay Bone and Mike find a way to justify and find the beauty in all of it. Where some, and I guess it's it's a good education for me too because sometimes I'm like. Yeah. Other times movie. I'm like, what the fuck was that? What was no, that? I, I have mean, no I, idea. I'm taking a different approach. I don't think this was a beautiful movie. I think this was a shit that somebody took on a canvas. <laughs> and it just so happened to fall the exact right way. Isn't and that beautiful? I mean, well, look, the, reason- the, the movie itself is not. The, the circumstances of the perfect storm surrounding it that made it what it is, is, is an event. Which was it beautiful. not like a beautiful, beautiful shit? all the way down. It was a beautiful well, shit, so no, a beautiful reason, shit, like a foot longer. Let me tell you, like <laughs> what attracted me Curled. to this movie when Twice. when I first heard about it was somebody told me that this was the worst movie ever made. It is and absolutely one hundred percent not. It is the opposite and I of that. Saw it, and <laughs> I was like, I could see how some people would think that. They're wrong. <laughs> They're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you it's think this more- is a big Lebowski uh, case? Do you think this is like no, you have to watch man. it? Wait, wait, no. wait. Listen, no. listen. That you have to watch it and then you got to go back and watch it to like really enjoy it. I'm not saying I, compared to the big Lebowski, but you know what I mean? Where you're trying to follow a through line when the movie does not necessarily mean to have a, th- a through line. So is that the better choice? Like, and so many of those movies we watched, like with you guys, when you guys were all like living together and stuff, like were kind of like that for me. They became an inside joke. They became something that we really ended up loving. I mean, The Devil's Backbone, the first time you guys showed me that, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, I am not seeing anything like that. But sometimes, like Dolomite, that yeah. was, took a while, but then you like See? love it. You know what I mean? Uh, is, is that movie, I guess, is my question. It's novelty, I, mean, I guess. It's so unique. And, uh, but part of the uniqueness is that it's like secretly kind of really good. <laughs> well, like yeah, really like good. it's, it's really well made. Like it's, yeah. okay, it's, wait, um, I want to, I want to challenge you on that. Like, uh-huh. I, I know, I know that yeah, some, like some of the performances we've raved <laughs> about, you know? Yeah. Just stop. Some of the performances we've raved about and, you know, like obviously some of the All writing of the performances. was unintentional. But like the actual movie making part of it, there, there were legitimately parts of this movie where I was physically uncomfortable because yeah. of mm-hmm. like, no, 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 but unintentionally. Like yeah. during like concert scenes, like the, where they'd have like, the cuts were so fast and yes. like angry. Really fast. It's on purpose. But, I mean, so it's on purpose, and I'm just like, I can't watch this shit. Like, but it's the difference between whether, knowing that you can. It's the difference between knowing that you can do, you can make a scene like that, which anybody with a camera can do, versus knowing why and how to make a scene like that, and for what purpose it serves in the experience of watching the movie. This movie is completely under control in the regard in the idea that the filmmaking is under control. 
the story tell the what the story that they are telling and the characters they are populating with are fucking outlandish and insane. But the movie making is completely under control. This is an economic movie. This is like so well crafted. They, this is some like this is punk rock. Yeah. Like that, what's, you know, what's an example? Yeah, two chords, but it's amazing. What's oh, an example of movie. bad? Yes. What's an example? What movie is an example of like bad movie making? Like what would you compare that to? To where like you've watched it. And you were like, this was obviously, I don't know how this got made. This guy doesn't know, or this well, no, no, woman like, doesn't Dolomite know how to make. like that. Like, if Dolomite, you watch Dolomite. Like, to a certain extent, Beastmaster, the same way for a movie we've all seen. Beastmaster yeah, has like, some man, really good movie. filmmaking in it. It really oh, does. It has it really some, does. it has really bad filmmaking. Too. Right, well, that's like, fine. <laughs> that's, that's a matter, that, that's fine. You don't have to like Beastmaster, but it has good filmmaking that's exciting. It's like, it's, there's some like, you know, there's some artistic energy to it, I guess is the simple way I would put it. There's like a vibe, you know, like sometimes you watch a movie and you're just like, these people know the notes to hit or like a band, like an uninspired band versus mm -hmm. a band that's just on. And this movie is, is a band that is on. And maybe it's the only night in their entire existence as six months as like a band in college that they were good. But it's like the one night right. that they captured and they got fucking all of it right. They just nailed every wild idea they ever had they nailed in one take and were terrible and broke up the next day. That's like what happened here. I mean, that's <laughs> the way Russ Meyer makes a movie though, which is yeah. just like, yeah. just throwing everything at the wall. But it's like, I think it is, you're hitting on something right there. Cause like, he, this is a, a film that has inspired so many <laughs> filmmakers after it. I and mean, like John Waters thinks at his, least three yeah. band names that I recognize. Yeah, three band names. That's true. Did Russ Meyer and Roger Corman like ever interact as contemporaries in that way? Like, because I, no, I feel like they're kindred spirits. I would, I would, I would if think, not, they're kindred spirits. If they I would haven't. think and that Roger Corman is certainly certainly aware of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And Do you guys want to guess how much this movie was made for? Yes, forty dollars, thirty thousand, one hundred thousand dollars, thirty thousand, one hundred dollars. It's a little bit more. Mike, you, you had said that because obviously you did a moderate amount of research. So you, what was the right answer again? <laughs> $900,000. $900,000. They made this entire yeah. movie for it. Which had some really... Yeah, Wait, I mean, how much did it make? Do you guys think... Z Nine million. Million. It, has Z-Man seen read, A Clockwork Orange count. in this movie? I read, this is I read one question. account where it said that this financially saved Fox Studios for a short term like it made so much money compared to what it cost to make that was, was part of the story of it getting made was that they didn't care what was being made because they were like fuck it we're never making another movie again the studio's done and they gave it's these two idiots yeah yeah <laughs> 100 or whatever it was nine hundred thousand dollars to make this movie and they were like all right well if we only write it so it takes place in like we'll just use locations that are already on the studio lot and we'll just write every scene so it happens in one of those locations and and like half the people aren't even real actors; they're just random people. And they 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 came in under budget. It's like that's how it's related to Roger Corman, the idea Damn, of like you learn how to get it done under budget and on time and quickly, and you get that movie out. And there's got to be boobs in it. That's like the rules and violence, <laughs> boobs and violence, which is and part of like the genre. Is, the answer to are there too many boobs is always no, apparently, of course. <laughs> Yeah, according to Russ Meyer, never. According to Russ Meyer, it's so. Uh, Mike, what was the like, timeline well, of the song montage? You were you were talking to me about that the other night. What's the timeline? So like, they oh, it's Z-Man gets impossible. him big. Yeah. Well, no, it's impossible to tell how long 
of a time like what's the duration of this movie is it like months is it like years is it 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 kind of feels like hours (laughs) (laughs) like a day because like there's a a fever dream well there's a scene where they play on the uh a talk show or, or something and they're, mm-hmm. it's basically they're playing live for the first time, but it's like there's all these dissolves of faces of them listening to it. And I always, when I saw it before, thought that that was like a month passing or whatever, right. like they're playing on the gigs or whatever. But then I watched it this time and I realized it's just them playing the song and then other people watching them play that no, song. Um, so I it only like takes how- as long as song. Right, as it's long as Harris the song. Harris and Z-Man. Just, I, know, I know this is you're talking about. It's Harris and Z-Man. The montages the faces yeah. that keep dissolving in and out, and right. it's and it's it's Harris's face getting more and more disillusioned, and Z-Man getting more and more like I don't know, right. like Randy. If they didn't, if they didn't want the ending, it happens so fast. If they didn't want the ending of the movie to be the horror, show, like I'm Randy, baby. Yeah, but they had a whole setup that it was interesting, and I think it weirdly because of the magic of this movie, it works. They had the setup with those montages where like, at first it's it's Harris and Z-Man being rivals over Kelly and the band. And it's them like hilariously throwing eyeballs at each other, even though I'm pretty sure they were not in the same room during that sequence. I think it was just them like listening to a song and like making looks, but then they did it at each other. And then they do it again at the end when they set it up that like Harris may be questioning his sexuality and maybe Z-Man has never found the right person and Z-Man and Harris are going to fall in love. And I actually thought I was like, oh, that's how this movie will end. Like, that'll be really cool. It'll be a nice little like they get the happy ending. It's juxtaposed with the song, uh, mm-hmm. the Gentle People song, which is all right. about like gentle, loving, hippie people. Yeah. And I let's, know, be honest, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It takes a fucking left the, turn in Albuquerque yeah. right after that. Yeah. <laughs> that is not how it ended. No. The, the observations <laughs> I made was this movie is a, it's progressively, it's basically centered around three different parties or like the ten mm-hmm. poles of the story. Of all the movie. same people at them. They're, yeah, all the same. Well, with the exception of the last party, everybody dies. But it's the it's the first yes. party, which is like the happy, joyful. Like that that's the last party, party for everyone. It's like Hollywood is awesome, and everybody's having a great time. And Ashley Sinclair is here, and people are fucking in the <laughs> bathtub, and everything is great, and it's my happening, and it's freaking me out. And then the second party is like a little bit darker because Harris gets his ass kicked, and like things aren't going so well. And then the third party, everybody dies. And that's yeah. it. So your boy uh, Johnny Lumber, or whatever his name is, what was the blonde dude? Lance Rock. Rock. Lance Rock. Rock. Lance Rock. Lance yeah. Rock. Uh, I don't think he was like out of line. The other uh, Harris hit him first. He punched him down. He he. Uh, at first, he wasn't going to hit him again on the ground. Then he got all fired up. He was like ready to just like be done with the fight. But Harris kept coming at him. So it was like, the champ's fault. Z Man was, was out of line. Z Man was out of line, blaming Lance Rock totally yeah. for that fight. Harris was being a punk, and everybody knew Harris was a punk. And I still understand why we were all always hanging out with Harris. He sucked. It was all your guys' fault. I they was hated, like, Harris is cool. Hated, Let's hang out with him. No, he yeah, sucked. but they I, hated uh, Brock. Yeah. They also hated Lance Brock. Like they hated him and also loved him all at the same time. So was he like a successful actor when we introduced to him? Like he's on a TV show, maybe that level. And yeah. then like it kind of we're, we're supposed to believe like it kind of dried up, and that's why he's like man whoring around town at that point. He's some sort of actor, and then he became he's got like the old lady, and he yells at her. The same one, you know, she like snores, which, and he goes, "Not yeah. now." He said, "That's that's you when he gets what? the invite. He gets the invite to the peyote party from Z Man, right. and he like looks yeah. over. He's like, what are my options?' And he looks over, and she's like, oh. 
He's like, no, oh, yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> it's also great when he dumps the the blonde woman when Kelly invites him to Z Man's party at the the mm-hmm. TV show. When he when he goes, uh, oh well, I'll call you a cab or whatever, and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and big shot of her boobs. There was a, like a very oh yeah, there was a shot of her tits. Shot there. there were so many yeah. shots where like people listening can't see but we're like there'll be a like framed like i like you would be on a zoom call and then like all of a sudden just a boob would like come in from the side of the frame and take up <laughs> half the shot you'd be saying something important that, you're like, like 12 times i need movie. thirty thousand dollars yeah <laughs> we didn't even talk about um oh so here's a joke here's an example of how of the kind of like humor they were going for in this movie on purpose there's like a total movie nerd joke that they do on purpose like one of the jokes about low budget movies is like a lot of times you don't really shoot at night you just shoot in the daytime and try and make it look like nighttime that's like a classic right. like uh film making cliche so or you shoot this... when it's not raining to make it rain exactly yeah you, you know mm. you make it rain on your own you don't actually shoot in the rain but so you shoot I day make for it rain night. On there was own. a fellini movie or somebody like that made it was one of those old dudes made a movie called day for night um so there's a joke, there's a day for night joke in this movie when Harris gets in the car with Solo's girlfriend, Ashley, and she's just like, man, is he just, is that, that scene just makes you hate Harris. Anyway, she is ready to go and she's up for like, she is, in, she's ready to go and like, let's go. Like, we're going to have an awesome weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just being a punk <laughs> and <laughs> she drives him home. It's when they leave, it's the middle of the night. It's, they're leaving the party. It's like, the party actually is just getting going. They're already out the door. And, uh, they when they get to his house it's nighttime and then there's a joke where he's like you didn't park in my driveway at least and she peels out and pulls into the driveway like a maniac and for one shot when they cut to a medium shot it's completely daytime but it's it's a continuous shot of the right oh, yeah. like the edit makes sense it's daytime and then they cut back and it's nighttime again and they do that <laughs> on purpose like that's something that people just throw. You're the saying they did that on purpose. Right. Okay. Yeah, they totally did that on purpose. Story, that is one hundred percent a joke that Roger Ebert would think is hilarious. Well, yeah, but in the story too, <laughs> let's be clear. That's when Harris is giving in to her, feeling that he's rejected from uh, Kelly. Kelly Mac- McNamara. Yes. Who also yeah. was a general in Vietnam. And she she orgasms in the back of the Rolls Royce, screaming, "At least it's not a Bentley." Yeah. <laughs> that was Ashley. That was not Kelly. That was Ashley. Yeah. That was also, Ashley. did you know that Lance Brock's character inspired American Gigolo? Of course. Did it? <laughs> no, it didn't. No. I just want oh, to see how I many times it. I can do that because that's how prolific right. this movie is. <laughs> I mean, one I would be into the right. spinoff movies. I mean, I think somebody could make a cool series of like a spinoff of this movie, like Z-Man spinoff high. or something. Wasn't yeah, that it's called like Entourage? A, you would do not time entourage. pieces <laughs> like this that are just as ridiculous and um, – you just like make one for like this. Well, that was Boogie Nights. Yeah. Then you can do one for the 80s, which is also Boogie Nights. I thought of another, like I thought of another movie man. joke that they made. There's a scene when it's another car scene and there's a music cue where like the camera's pulling out and the music cue is like, okay, it's time to cut to the next scene. But the music actually, instead of cutting, the music just kind of fades away and the shot stays. And then they actually have like another two lines of dialogue afterwards. And it's a completely... Uh, insane rhythm to do with a shot and they do it on purpose because it's funny they throw the music cue because you know like if you're watching it you're on board you're like all right like all right this is the this is like a lull moment it's a lull music cue and that's not a lull they fake you out and they just do that in the middle of the movie for no reason 
there's there's i'm sure there's a million other jokes like that that i don't even catch but there's like movie nerd jokes a plenty in this movie too that's not why it's great i'm just using it as an example to show intent was that the intention of of it being a comedy crazy i mean you said it's supposed to be everything so i everything. guess maybe that's they want to be yeah. everything baby but it's how just many a matter intentional... if, like, if it works for you and if you have a high tolerance for boobs if you don't if you like don't want to watch boobs for two hours do not watch this movie a high up. tolerance for boobs yes <laughs> high tolerance there's some people i can only take three i would not like, watch yeah. a movie of like naked, that had this many naked men in it i would just not want to watch that movie like i can't take more movie. than three sets of titties like at a time so the, i don't see, feel like i wish you guys have a low tolerance, tolerance you're boobs. triggering dave a little bit i want you guys to chill <laughs> Solo and Mike. Yeah, I, chill. Dave, I, I I'm sorry. Three. I feel only. very abused right now. <laughs> How um, was Total what Recall the... for you, Dave? The Total Recall. I was. You're you okay with that? She's not my it wife. You're not my wife. I have to go to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wait, DOMs, I, 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 by the way. <laughs> what are DOMs? It's it's an acronym for something they said in the movie. D-O-M's? D-O-M's? Is that the downers? D-O-N's? D-O-M's. M's as in M and M. M's? Oh, I didn't get that. When did they D-O-M's. say this? I watched this movie pretty closely. I don't remember this. When was this? Oh, D-O-M's? sorry. D-O-M-S is D-O-M-S. Doms? Okay, so it's plural. But when when did this happen in the movie is my question. When did they refer to this? D-O-M-S? I think maybe right after the party or something was like that. Was it Richard Nixon on television with them, like sitting in the fourth seat behind the whole band? I think I swear that was supposed to be Richard Dixon, and the joke was like they were so big that what? Richard Dixon was on the fourth seat. In the All right, I'm sorry. I, I gotta it. jump in. Next time you how watch it, freeze frame it. These, how many of these like random? It's it's a it's an error, but it's not an error, and the movie nerds will know that this was intentional. How many happened in a movie before it's just sloppy and it's not intentional? Well, I, I want to push okay. back. Maybe I have an answer. Bit. I have an answer for you. That that is what makes this movie special. There's probably a million movies that are sloppy and aren't good. There are a billion movies like, that are sloppy, and not good. Well, this movie is like like, movie- like Pootie Tang. It's everything around it and involved in it, including the talent of the people involved, the intentions of the people involved, whatever circumstances around the movie help shape it. It's all part of it. But like I'm just saying, like there are there is intention in this movie, and they said that their intention was to make everything into one movie and i think they did it like i think it works i want to give them as much of the benefit of the doubt as possible because i really did enjoy this movie but i also feel like they are enormously benefiting from retrospective positive analysis time place like cult classic status like of course they're shaping the like the the dialogue and the the after reviews to their benefit because then they can be like, of course, we meant to do that all along. And uh, that's not the tone. Essential. If you read, you should read Ebert's essay because that is certainly not the tone of his essay. I read the the tone of his essay is, I can't believe how much people are paying attention to this movie. We made it up in five weeks and we actually made it up as we went. That's his of tone. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but that, would, that would lend to the fact that a lot of it was a mistake, right? Happy accidents are part of art. That's what makes art like living. If nobody ever made happy accidents, art would fucking suck. It would be a 20 minute prog rock song. Yeah, I know, but weird rhythms where everything's perfect. 
then the heavy accidents are also accidents. part of day drinking. That's what I'm arguing. This movie Dave, is very I much have a question a for Dave. Accident. And so Dave doesn't get buried. I want to get you some minutes here, Dave. Dave, in <laughs> in dance, in dance <laughs> art culture, okay? Uh-huh. Like thinking about like the art form of dance and what the things that you see in it as someone who's who lives it and is involved in it. Uh are, is there is there dancing that is appreciated because it's not perfect, but has its own uniqueness that works? Well, I mean, of course. I think that goes with all all types of any sort of creativity or creative art. The question that I always had is like, no matter how avant-garde something is, whether it's music or movies or whatever, if it proved its point and got it across, like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to have enjoyed it but at least I can give it credit. Like I understand why somebody did it. The other side is, is that when somebody's like, you just don't get it, you're not smart enough. That to me is usually just bad art. I mean, that, cause that's just, you know, artistic masturbation. Like you, you should be able, yeah. You know, you should be able to get something out of whatever you watch, no matter how fucking weird it is. And I've seen yes. quite a few weird things in my time. So is Mike. You know, like, and I think we all have, like, especially live performance. I've seen stuff. some shit. Seen some <laughs> shit, man. We've all seen we some all shit. We all have man. seen some shit. And I mean, like, is it, you know, we all have our own personal tastes. We all have our own personal things as to why we like something or don't like something. But can we agree upon, like, I don't know, upon looking back at the movie, I'm like, I, you know, I get it. And there were certain parts that were entertaining. And once I like let go of trying to understand any part of the movie, that's mm-hmm. when I enjoyed it. I was yeah. like, all right, this is not going to make any fucking sense. So Think who cares? of it this way. Like, that was great, Dave. Think, uh, to, was, to, yeah. to add on, I'd like to, I'm inspired by Dave. The, <laughs> you can make, Thank you. You, any, you can make like, anybody can make a movie where they just make chaos. Like, it's like, banging pots and pans and screaming like you could say that's music you could not but somebody might come along who makes music banging on pots and pans and screaming and all of a sudden it's like okay well in this instant this is nice and it's music and it's good and i like it and i see merit in it and then everything after that will be other people banging on pots and pans and screaming and it won't work so like sometimes just something catches that like thread and it works it worked for stomp I mean, they've yeah, been around right? a long time. for John Waters' entire career. Yes. Some people can harbor that chaos. I, I honestly, well, I'm going to yeah. tie it. I got one. Oh, solo. I got one. It's like right, Terrence okay. Malick. Terrence Malick also uses his skills to capture, capture that chaotic vibe that, that kind of teeters on the no. edge. And, and there you go. that's why I like this movie. That's why I like this movie is Pootie Tang and Days right. of Heaven combined oh my god <laughs> this movie is Tootie Tang and on. Days of Heaven I thought no, Tootie Tang and Heaven was a lot more intentional it's better the difference than, is, better than the Cadbury Tales the difference is Days of Heaven tried so hard tried so hard Days of Heaven to continue my earlier analogy is like <laughs> Terrence Malick squatting over a piece of paper trying so hard to take the perfect shit forever <laughs> he's so constipated Wait, he's trying so to take the perfect right, shit yeah. i'm not and even gonna respond to that he doesn't come out but but this wait what is this is, analogy is i don't know just like bumping into each other and accidentally producing the part, most perfect shit ever on canvas everybody's like that's the most beautiful thing ever like this movie captures the most random and subjective just nuts 
uh, chaotic nature of art ever. Like, I think, but I don't. You could have a movie made about how ridiculous people have reacted to this movie. And I want to say all the things you're saying, but completely sincere. It's one step away (laughs) from a Mel Brooks. I want to push back on that point a little bit. I don't think it's chaotic. I think it's much more calculated, even though it's being made fast. And the reason I think it's calculated is because they are clearly spoofing like some kind of after school special movie. Yes. Like they have something very specific in mind. Yeah. You can well, retell fables very and keep changing them until they hit. And that's what this the is. The thing is like the way that Russ Myers works and the type of film that he makes would, would yeah. come off like he made a lot of fast cutting. There's just like uh, a ton of terrible things that happen to them very quickly. Uh, the plot moves like very fast, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not to mention the Manson murder, but it's like... It comes off as chaos, I think. But I think in his head, it makes perfect sense what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? I was mean? never like, lost. Once I, I caught up in the when, beginning yeah. to the dialogue speed, I was never lost again. I was on board You're with it. You never right. lost. No. Reefer, Reefer Madness, this movie was Reefer based Madness off Reefer Madness. You didn't Look, know I had a lot of questions, but I was never lost. Right, exactly. I was yeah. on, I was never like feeling like I need to catch up. I, I was moving along and keeping up with uh, everything. Was, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and you watch it like a soap opera. You're like, oh, no, yeah. shit. What the hell? Yeah, soap Come on, opera. Champ, it's like a soap opera. Like, it's oh, also no, a soap opera. Why does the money not matter anymore? Why all of a sudden is the Nazi guy like despised? It was Aunt Susan never cared about the money. The only person who cared about the money really was the was the douchebag lawyer who was making fun of everybody. Let me explain the Nazi thing. So in the beginning, when he's introducing all the people, he says, "He seems to imply that that's Martin Borman hiding out as a bartender in his house. Martin Martin Borman, Borman? the Nazi. He's like this awful Nazi war criminal. So he, I, I always felt like." Z-Man implies that he is a Nazi hiding out and he knows it and he employs him as his bartender. Oh my God. So I feel like when he kills him at the end, it's like just a... He could have used you on the front. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the Russian front. But but like it lines up with the wackiness of this movie where it's just like, of course Z-Man has a a, a Nazi in hiding working for him at his house. But all right, so what you're saying then is the last whatever two three minutes. I, I shipped Z Man and Kelly, by the way. Like, I, I wanted oh, a Z Man Kelly romance. Sorry. The last the yeah. last three minutes of this movie where they're doing like the morality voiceover and then they do the wedding with like the sped up mm-hmm. version. Yeah, you know, like it's just like, huh? That's how they ended it. They ended it with like, oh yeah, Harris Harris walking on his braces across a balance beam. That his <laughs> and then going on a hike in the rockiest terrain you could possibly find. Yeah, love inspired him, J Bone. So the last three minutes of this movie, where it's just like a morality overload on top of like the most ridiculous, like forced cripple walk scene you've ever, like offensively, like insensitive scene with. Wait, why was like, it insensitive? I, I don't. I, I was uncomfortable watching Kelly drag Harris across that terrain, and I was wondering <laughs> if that was intentional. It wasn't a good <laughs> choice, but they were trying to go through with it. You know, I, what about the I hospital know. scene? We didn't even talk about the hospital scene with the doctor. Hold on, I, I, want, I want you to answer me. That that morality thing was was uh, satire. That was a jest when they're no. like this woman. You're, like, you're this woman. Did. You're trying to put a glove on a on a elbow, man. 
that the morality was a different part of this movie. You can't. You're, you're, Sounds like a metaphor for this whole movie. Well, I, I'm, sound, I'm, I'm you, asking, honestly, you sound a little square for this movie, Solo. What was square. the point of all that? Then? Just was take that a downer and chill. Yeah, take a downer and chill. <laughs> you want some grass some or some sauce. juice? Get into some date rape. You'll be fine. Juice is strong. Seriously, was the morality unintentional or was it satire? What I feel like happened. The answer is yes. It was also intentional. It was intentional, unintentional, and satire. It's all there. But what I feel like (laughs) I disagree. I I watched this movie and it's all there. They got it all. What I I, I feel like what happened was. Well, what I feel like what happened was at the end. They watched the whole movie and were like, oh, shit, we got to, like, explain this to everybody. And then they just put that voiceover in and then they're like, there you go. That yeah. explains it all. <laughs> it's like that stupid scene at the end of Psycho when they, when they for no reason, they keep the movie going just to have that, like, shrink explain to you that Norman Bates was crazy. And it's like, wait, why, uh, yeah. why would you end a movie like this? Or that stupid scene in Saving Private Ryan when they, like, age Matt Damon into an old man with his, like, buxom blonde granddaughters at the cemetery and the oh, flag yeah. waving like something like uh but, this like, is I do enough. but it's funny in uh in beyond the value of dolls because it's a better movie than saving private ryan <laughs> have you guys seen the movie sob by the way have you seen sob so no. i don't know it came out i think in the mid to late 70s and it is very similar, but I think it is more cohesive to this. They're all starts out at a party down by the beach. This producer accidentally dies, but they're having this whole conversation about getting like, they do like a weekend at Bernie's thing with the producer who then wakes up. Actually, no, he doesn't die. And then they go after the whole point is to get Julie Andrews, who's playing, who's in the movie to take her top off. And that's like the whole thing that they're doing. And I always remember that movie being, I think more cohesive after watching this to me. You also and, sound square. Yeah, but like, what is cohesive? You didn't watch the other movie. So it doesn't <laughs> so true. I'm unsquared. Yeah. I'm back to Wait, being a circle bro. That's, yeah, no, in my world. No. Was. no. Yeah, Time check the technique. Circle. Check the Time. technique, son. I think we all need to do peyote <laughs> and dress up like that, man. I think that'll solve yeah. this. You know what Super I mean? Woman. A circle, not a square. Right. There you go. Get off me. I have Solo, did you write a uh, uh, haiku? Yeah. I, I couldn't land it, dude. I This movie fucked me up so bad I couldn't write a haiku. <laughs> now that is worth the whole it? point okay, of wait, here, here's you watch I, it. Here's Solo, what I have. you got to find it. Got to. Right, wait, here, here it is. Here it is. Ahem. This is the best I could do, and I apologize in advance because this wow, this movie. Um, <laughs> memories. Oh, man. What the hell did I just watch? It was a weird time. <laughs> that's all I oh, got. That's true. I um, wrote a third of that great. haiku, by the way. You that's did. You did. I wrote a third of it. Jay Bond is credited for the memories. Huh? Should I do <laughs> the alternative <laughs> titles, or should yes, we come let's, come, let's, let's just come back real quick, Dave? And just so we have time. Thanks for the memories. Is not one of your title, your alternative titles. Fired. I'll be very mad. <laughs> it's not, is it? I just saw your face. It's not. Write it down real quick. You got. You have time down right now. Let's come back. Candy man, warm this bed.
Biel. Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. That's it. Incense yes, and peppermints getting high. Jessica McBeal. Incense and peppermints, pumpkin pie. All right, we're back. That's the next half hour of the podcast. Is I just I just chose family. grass. I've I've <laughs> I've been at parties where we danced to the strawberry alarm clock, but I've never been to one where the strawberry alarm clock is at the party. You you have danced to strawberry no. alarm clock. This is an admission you're freely making. If I had a yeah, nickel. I, I had the nuggets. But they're actually CD. at I had the, the nuggets party. box set. You, if you know if you know you know, son. If you know you know. Nuggets was right. was awesome. Actually, you I have- will say to this movie's credit, they picked the three best Strawberry Alarm Clock songs of, of their whole catalog because the rest is garbage. I was going to say, even more to its credit, they found three good Strawberry Alarm Clock songs, which I thought was shocking. <laughs> Besides, <alone>. in- <laughs> oh, yeah. Even in the, the other two are sucks. jammers. But also, I went and uh, after I saw this movie, every like uh, me and Sarah and Megan McCain went to see the. The, the strawberry alarm clock in New York. And they were very old. There was one guy who would look like he was ready to die <laughs> right there. <laughs> he was so, so old. Besides he was so frail. Being very old. Do you have, were they, were they functionally old or was it just. So beyond the Valley of the dolls was like a documentary for them. One time I saw yes. the Doobie brothers for my birthday <laughs> and they were like, we'd like to introduce the one member of the band who's from the original Doobie Brothers. And it was like the third horn player in the back. And he's like, hey. And then they go. <laughs> like we're still like, like, legally the Doobie Brothers. And then they were like, we're going to play you some songs off our new album. And I was like, we're fucking leaving. And we got the fucking No, thank there. you. I was, the Doobie Brothers. I wanted to hear China Grove you know what, and possibly China I... Grove again. And then <laughs> taking it to the streets. And I wanted them to run through oh, that yeah. shit. Keep Mississippi. I, I, I will say this. One, to... None of it. Two guys you should always see if they come around in concert, listeners, everybody, if if to get a chance, is Robert Plant can still well, and uh, you know Rob Halford. Uh, he oh also, yeah, yeah. Mike and I, Mike and Mike took me to Priest. Praise Judas Priest. Yeah, Mike. You know, I've listened to Rob for, uh, Halford on a record, but I've never like been to a party where Rob Halford is playing <laughs> at. <laughs> That's true. It's got to so, be at least right. 4,000. How do we wrap up these episodes? That was so that all was right. Cool. We wait. Did, oh, wait, wait. We're not wrapped up. Alternative oh, titles. Yeah. Alternative titles. All of you which will probably invest. Alternative. I'll make a song for it. Alternative titles where the name of the movie is different by Dave. All right. So, per request, thank you for the memories. Boom. <laughs> Thanks for the memories, like the song. There, you, okay. Then you got that one. That's, That's you. All right, boy. Um, <laughs> first thing I put was put that gun in your mouth. I don't know why. That was the first thing I saw. Well, um, I know why you wrote that. I know why. <laughs> uh, beyond beyond all moment. comprehension, beyond my understanding, <laughs> we all know how <laughs> Kelly is. So many titties. Uh, <laughs> cop grab, uh, guy in a cage, got thrashed at Z-Man Bartello's party last night. Barzell. I nearly choked. <laughs> it was four inches. <laughs> Putting the fern in the biffy. the whole movie from beginning to end? At this Somebody point? pet Casey. You're just saying things oh, in the room. Pet Casey. Names of the girls. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, I'd like to strap you on sometime. Um, Want to hear my song? It's called Everybody Fuck. Um, 
putting the lunch Gentle hooks it on you. I mean, yeah. the dialogue he's is trying to get good. his lunch hooks on your <laughs> aunt's inheritance. Oh, you when sweet, innocent whore. <laughs> shot of boobs. <laughs> shot of boobs. Oh, another shot of boobs. Um, what the hell did I write stare. there? Hang cool, teddy bear. <laughs> Porter sale has no wind. <laughs> That's the lawyer. Uh, and they couldn't get it up. This is about the middle of the movie for me when I wrote this. Uh, just what? Just what? Just <laughs> that's when everything sure. starts to go wrong. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty thing. I mean, look, I, I'll back you up on that. I had that uh, that's, what suppo- that's what soap operas are supposed to do. Just for the record. Uh, They're supposed they to be you know, ever watched what? a soap opera? Not done yet. Like what? followed what? a real soap opera? All right. Have any of you I just followed wanna, a real soap opera? I just yeah. want to rap. Um... But you said you were going to study. Uh, find it! <laughs> exclamation point. Baby Harris! Exclamation oh, point. Pancakes and abortion! Exclamation point. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Fantasia, Batman! And our favorite line of the movie by far: "Black sperm of vengeance." You will drink the black sperm <laughs> of my vengeance. Did they imply that he stole all his best lines from Shakespeare? Which was funny joke yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I totally remember Black Sperm and King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. That actor is so good as Z-Man. everybody was. I this really want to see Z-Man. Right, second best movie ever made behind Booty Tang. <laughs> <laughs> this Booty Tang is like the sequel to this movie. But yeah, Booty Tang is Godfather two to this, except both these movies are better than either <laughs> of the Godfather movies. I think this movie is my new Citizen Kane. It's way better than Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah. this movie is better than Citizen better Kane. Better than Metropolis. Really is. Metropolis it's is pretty uh, fucking awesome. The only right, thing that so, would have made this movie better if Orson Welles was in it. It's better than that movie Who Killed My Babysitter last summer. Oh, wait, you, you guys know Pam Greer? That's Got not a movie. Start in this movie? <laughs> yes, I saw that. Pam Greer was uh, an extra. Pam Greer. Party. This was yeah. her first. Yeah. In fact, yeah. she was such an extra. She never has any camera time, but she does. I really, play. yeah. I didn't notice her. <laughs> I really like the scene when, um, when Z-Man is showing Kelly around, which is just an incredible sequence, like introducing all the characters, like Boogie, like that Boogie Nights stole. Uh, and he opens the door and it's clearly like supposed to be a dude blowing another dude, but they have their pants on because they're, you know, you're supposed to just understand it. And uh, the one dude, the guy who's doing the, the the BJ gets up and he's walking out and he's like, well, you really ruined the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand the mood, but it was interesting. The mood was that they were in some random like rich dude's bedroom doing some some sexy shit. Yeah. And are we, are we wrapping it up with having sex? Are we are yeah. we deciding whether or not it sucks now? Is that no? We, I mean, I think yeah, we just we like, don't. like talk we, about what, what it is about this movie yeah. that we right? kind of did that on Time Bandits, though. I think the what what that whether it sucks now or or did we just forget? I feel like we did that on, on one of them. I don't know. I don't remember. That was beaten. Mike, past. when did you first see this movie? I want to hear more about this. Like, oh, so basically, um, we have a bunch of friends in common. You know, uh, I guess you can bleep out their names, but who cares? Or just don't say them. It was like, yeah, uh, it was a bunch of people, and one night, this was basically introduced as, you know, we like smoke some weed, and uh, my friend was like, "This is the worst movie ever made. We should all watch it." And we were like, "Hell yeah!" And we watched it. 
and uh, and then it started to become a like a tradition after we saw it first to just keep watching it and like memorize all the lines from it because it's like so fantastic that like we used to call Z-Man. Uh, I don't know. Do you know who Greg Foreman is? He's the he was the singer of this band Delta 72. I think he plays in like cat power and stuff, but we used to call him that because he looked just like Z-Man. So it was like um if you were in a scene of bands, but like taken to the complete like millionth infinity level of like everything that could happen. It it was just like, I don't know. It's just like so much fun to watch. The fact that they are putting in everything in it and every line is like infinitely quotable. But also just like the style and the vibe and the fact that like you can kind of like either watch this movie all at once or just like hop in and just like watch it a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. It like just gives, it like packs every scene with so much that it's just like, I don't know, that's why it's memorable. Like it's just, I don't know, the attention to detail is weird because it is so accidental where it's being made in a, like in a hurry. And they're trying to put everything in this movie, but somehow it becomes so unique because of that, because everybody is doing such an incredible job. Like the songs are so good in this movie. And I can't imagine they took very long to make. They were just like, make some 60s shit. And I was like, oh, find it. It and, was the uh, 60s. Yeah, it was <laughs> just, just like, like an impression of shit. the 60s though. It was, yeah, yeah it was like, a, like a, just like an impression of what it was like. But they like tap in this whole like after school special thing where they sort of are spoofing it because it's like nobody, like all this shit really couldn't all happen all at once that fast, which is like what you think every time you see an after school special, mm -hmm. you're yeah. like, how do these people's lives go so wrong so fast? And it, uh, it's just like that a cigarette uh, one time. That yeah, yeah. Look, one cigarette yeah. and play your rock right. and roll. The we don't say it in the, in the, um, in the VO at the end, but they're just like, Hey man, like she like, you know, she too likes close rock to the and sun. Roll. She it's likes rock, rock and roll. roll yeah. Sure. And it, you know, I think I it like does make seeing, a lot of sense. <laughs> seeing little Richard in like the moment when he yeah. blew up across America might've been the most rock and roll moment. Like if you could time travel to see like somewhere where like the big bang fully happens for rock and roll and it becomes a cultural thing. Imagine being some like 1950s kid in like, uh, Birmingham or some one of those like highway towns in the middle of the country and little Richard comes to town. You're like, all right, I'll go check out this dude. And then you hear that you've never heard anything remotely like that before your brain would fucking melt. That's what this movie felt like to me. It was that awesome. Is, you know, me and Dave's uncle Mike, every time I see him, he tells me that he saw little Richard in 1955 in Camden. <laughs> That's what and, I'm saying. His mind was yeah, and he fried. he talks about it every time I saw him. He always he's always like, "You like music, you know?" I saw Little Richard in 1955 in Camden, yeah. and it's, I'm just like, "Yes, I know." You tell me every time I see you. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mean, I saw the all the original TV brothers. <laughs> like I appreciate that's just a, bragging at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I I like anybody else. That I appreciate a uh, pop culture phenomenon, like mm -hmm. like to, to have witnessed and truly analyzed and sat with you fine gentlemen and dissected a movie that was so. I'll stand by what I said before. It's not a, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch, but 
the movie and the universe that surrounds it has made it into what it is. And that whole experience is pretty interesting and pretty special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I was saying. Have you ever followed a soap opera, like, like watched one for a little while and tried to follow the plot lines? Like, that's what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to watch in college um, Days of Our Lives because I had a break. And uh, there was these, like, two women in my class who I'd go and watch, uh, like, that soap opera with like every day because we had a break in between from like one to two or whenever it was on before our next class. And I just got like sucked into this like insane soap opera where there was this like evil guy like controlling everybody's lives. And and like every couple is like, will they, won't they? Mm -hmm. Um, And people are like kidnapping each other and like, I don't know, adopting. Was it like a Telemundo? Was it a Telemundo one? Wasn't like a Telemundo. He said Days of Our Lives. It's romantic. It was Days of Our Lives. And Sarah's reminding me it wasn't even as crazy as uh, Passions, which was on right after that, which was like a magic. Was that the Australian one? No, no, it was like a black magic. uh, I think I watched that one. That was the one with like wizards and witches and shit. (laughs) That was good. This, I don't know. Uh, I, I actually so wacky. I feel we all like agree, second best movie ever made. We're not. It's not. It's not better than Booty Tank. I'm not. But it is the same. It's, it's the second best movie ever. No. Throw a movie at me that's good. better than this. Go ahead. Just say a movie. Say a movie that's better than <laughs> whatever. You're gonna you have some retort. And you can't Godfather. say Godfather. No. The movie said it was better than the Godfather. Bullshit. Goodfellas. Bullshit. No. Uh, I'm saying bullshit before no. you. Uh-uh. It's close with uh, Goodfellas. You can it's say no. Goodfellas it doesn't mean in, that I'm wrong. Goodfellas is allowed into this exclusive club, but nah. You know what? In a weird way, like Transporter. I, I feel like Goodfellas probably stole from <laughs> Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Absolutely. Yeah. Every drunken master that we love who makes really good movies that is interesting and worth talking about, absolutely, I bet, loves this movie. But the thing is, like, this movie uh, might seem so. crazy and campy <laughs> and goofy, but I think at the time when you saw it, it was so different that everybody took a little something from it because it was mm-hmm. like the, one of those moments where, like, you hear electric guitar or something for the first time when they go, oh, that's you can do that with a movie. Right. Oh, we're totally doing that. Yeah, That wasn't the first time. Pop music was introduced on... The Graduate. That was the first time they had a pop music soundtrack. No, this is not Simon pop and music. This is the Carrie Nations. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a musical. The, the Graduate. Yeah. You're going to tell me. This is music for this movie. Listen, when Kelly when Kelly walks off the stage and walks through the crowd while she's singing her like sexy mama song, blues mama song, <laughs> that is a oh, yeah, star making moment. Sweet talking. Star making moment. She just Sweet got talking. she has the audience. I I feel audience. bad. I just don't feel like this movie. Unfortunately, Mike. I mean, I get it. What everybody's saying, it just didn't make that big of an impression on me. Square. It's definitely you know what movie? Star Wars, I like, though, I like right? something like Dog Day Afternoon. How's that? You know what I mean? Like, something. I mean, better than Dog Day Afternoon. Yes. Wait, what? Right, I'll ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. Does Dog Day Afternoon uh, have a scene where somebody takes peyote and turns out to be a woman? And then I mean, chops off somebody's head. There is a trans in person that. in that. Yeah, that was the whole reason. And it was based but on a does t- that. But does that trans person chop off somebody's head with a sword and then shoot right. a Nazi? It's and not then... like this isn't even fair because no, you're no. saying like you're saying yeah. here, here's a piece of cherry, right? It's from more. a maraschino more. cherry. It's it is a piece. More. It's a piece. Your whole movie mm-hmm. over here is that piece of cherry, 
Beyond the Valley of the yeah. Dolls is the giant Sunday, and the cherry is just yeah. a tiny little piece of it. People are just t- taking nibbles <gasps> and living off it. You're making careers you're... off of nibbles of this movie. My answer is this movie is always more than any movie you can Except say. Except Pootie Tang. Except Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang is the most. Pootie Tang can dodge this our, movie. And our, our <laughs> Pootie Tang will write you a letter about how he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> and mail it and to you. And you'll forget about it. And then a week later, he'll show up at your door. And His your father ass. died. His father oh, died in a, a factory accident. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Mike, great choice. Great pick. We did four movies that we all I'm picked. I'm so happy that you guys got to format. see that for the first yeah, time. It was fun. I'm happy I, I got to live too. vicariously through all of you experiencing what this was for the first time, and it great made me fun. very happy. So we did. I picked oh, Days yes. of Heaven. Solo picked, um, oh, no, then Dave. Dawn was of the Time Dead. Bandits. And then yeah. Solo was Dawn of the Dead, the remake version. And Mike was Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So that was our four offerings of movies to each other. <laughs> I want I somebody to watch fun. these all in one night. If you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're like a loyal listener, watch all of these movies in Dozens. one night. We're talking Dozens. to you, Maggie. So the, the order, the order doesn't matter. Just do so it. the the plan, the current plan is, I'm going to put it out there in the universe so that we do it, and I will take it on me if this is a disaster. But in honor yes. of my favorite. Uh, American pastime coming back in and the changing of the seasons. I want to watch 1990s, very extremely 1990s football epic Varsity Blues starring James Vanderbeek, Paul Walker, Ali Ladder, and I Man don't Hammer. want your life. And Texas and John Voight. <laughs> John Voight. John Voight. <laughs> Texas. Evil coach, is, John Voight. It is a dripping in MTV 90s football extravaganza, but I maintain that I think it's going to be a good movie again. So this will be a does it suck now actual real episode. And then Dave, we're going to lock yours in. After that, you you picked one. What is it? Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. cash. I don't even remember, so that's going to be really fun to see. I I love that movie. I just just remember someone was into stocks. There we go. So we'll do two, it's not, we're not, Kurt not Russell, one episode, Kurt, yeah. not one episode, but we're giving people a chance to jump ahead. We're going to do Varsity Blues and then Tango and Cash with Sly and Kurt Russell. Uh, Kurt Russell, the only actor of all time to have like no one ever say a bad thing about them. This is a true story. And, and the other, the oh. bad guy in Tango and Cash is, who is uh, the old Western actor who was in City Slickers. Um, Jack Collins. He's the bad guy. Uh-huh. Jack Palance is the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So Varsity Blues and then Tango and Cash. We're doing deeply 90s and then deeply 80s. Getting back to our roots a little bit uh, for, yeah. the, for the fall. And then we'll, we should do a horror movie. If we can get them done in time. If we can get through two in a month cool. and then get one a horror movie yes. out at some point in October. So ponder that, everyone. Listening. Is Legend wanna... a horror movie? Or if that more no, but we do have to Legend do Legend is a fantasy movie. Legend is it not is. a horror movie. With horror. Some horror is scary, horrible. but not that scary.